we need missionaries. In order to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus literally told us to go into all of the world. How is Grace Baptist Church going to do that? That's why we need missionaries. Would you open your Bible, please, to the book of Acts, chapter number 26. Acts, chapter number 26. This passage that we read just a moment ago with Brother Howard is an amazing little bit of Scripture, and from it we learn some amazing truth. Acts, chapter 26. I want to speak on this subject of missionary madness. Missionary madness. Did you know that many missionaries around the world are being forced to quit and come home off the field? Did you know that? You say, well, why is that? Well, that's a good question. Our church supports a lot of missionaries. We do. There are other churches that support a whole lot more missionaries than we do. There are some churches that support 200, 300, 400 missionaries. I knew of a church once, Uh, that at one time supported over a thousand missionaries. That was the most I personally had ever heard of. And that was a number of years ago, and I don't know what's happened in that church since. But we have, over the years, seen uh, missionaries, a, a number of missionaries, quit and leave the field. But the question is, for today, the question is, are we supporting too many missionaries? Why do we put such an emphasis on missions? Every year we have a missions conference. We bring in speakers. We bring in missionaries. We have a poster on the wall over here. This is our latest invention showing the world needs Jesus and the words, come and help us hold the rope. Be part of faith promise missions. You can see on the picture there, uh, there's some people trying to hold the rope and the world looks like it's teetering on the edge, ready to go over. The world really does need Jesus. We think, we believe that. And so uh, we have missions conferences every year. We support and promote faith promise missions. If you're here and you don't know what that is, it means simply you, by faith, support missions financially. Be it every week, That's how I do it. My wife and I do it every week. Some people do it every two weeks, some every month. Some people give one gift for the whole year. But we're all involved in trying to help hold the rope. We have cards that we give out just like this. Now, most of you have one of these cards, or at least you've been given one. It comes in two parts. The bigger part is what you keep. The little part is what you zip off and turn in. And after you've prayed about it and talked to your loved ones and decide what it is that you feel you want to be involved with, how much you want to give, then you fill that in. And you put it in very carefully and you make sure that you, you check off the appropriate boxes, be it for a week, a month, or a year. It makes a big difference. And then, of course, you do the same with this little one here. This little one is the one you zip off and turn in. The bigger one is the one you keep. And this year... Come hold the rope is the theme. And the card has two, three little perforated holes. And on the back, there's a little plastic bag that has your own rope. And you get to thread it through with the instructions. And so your card ha- gets to have a rope of its own. So it's just an, a nice little thing 
that comes with the theme of holding the rope. But is all that madness? Some people would say it is. Some people would say that any kind of missionary support really is madness. There are many people in the world today who do not see the need to support any missionaries whatsoever, let alone uh, 110 missionaries is our 111 what we support and so they would call or they might call what we do madness they would look at what we do and they'd say we've lost our mental compass they'd say we're throwing perfectly good time talents and treasures into a bottomless pit a pit of usefulness never to be seen again hence missionary madness and so this is what we want to talk about today, missionary madness. So the question is, are we crazy to be supporting missions, let alone so many missionaries? What's the answer? Now in Acts chapter 26, I'd like to direct your attention to verse number 25. We have Festus. He was the Roman governor of Judea at the time. And he had a notable prisoner in his jail named Paul the missionary. And on a certain day, that's the day here in this chapter. Paul was given a chance to speak for himself. So he stood up and told Festus and the others how that he had given his life to spreading the soul-saving, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere he went. And Festus was a well-educated man, a powerful man, well-connected. And Festus did not see any need whatsoever for the spreading of the gospel. And therefore, he said in verse uh, 24, did I say 25? I meant to say 24. Look at the end of it. He says, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. And so here was the missionary Paul being called mad by the Roman governor Festus. This is where we get missionary madness from, I suppose. Are missionaries crazy? Are they crazy to give up jobs, give up homes, give up living in comfortable circumstance and surrounding? Are they crazy to leave sometimes family and loved ones behind and go to, to far off places and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who've never heard it? Are they crazy to spend their lives like that when they could be making money, planning for their retirement, maybe buying a house or two, maybe buying a couple of cars, maybe financing some fancy trips around the world, maybe in a private jet or something. But here they are, throwing all that away. Are they crazy? Now, the Apostle Paul, believe it or not, was a highly educated man. In Scripture, it says he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, who was one of the finest teachers of his day. Paul was really the wunderkind of his time. He, he was the one to keep your eyes on. He was so well educated, but he didn't know Jesus Christ. And the good news is that on the road to Damascus one day, he met Jesus and it changed his life forever. But Paul was a well-educated man. And the question is, well, was he crazy? Because Festus said he was crazy. He said he was mad. Was Paul crazy to live his life as a missionary for Jesus Christ? I want you to know, Paul had missionary madness. He had missionary madness. We as a church seem to have missionary madness. We as a church, are we crazy for supporting so many missionaries? That's a good question. What's the answer? 
I want you to know that the World Evangelical Alliance did a recent study of 40,000 missionaries, including 600 mission agencies. Took them a long time to do this study. And they found that 43% of missionaries do not fulfill their long-term commitment to the mission field. 43%. You say, what does that mean? It means that they quit. It means that they've come back home. Now, 43% equals 17,200 missionaries who left the field. That means 17,200 mission fields are left vacant. Why are so many long-term missionaries quitting? The study by the World Evangelical Alliance found that the single greatest reason why these missionaries quit. It was not a sin problem. Now some missionaries do get their eyes off Jesus and they get involved with sin and they have to leave the mission field and come home. This wasn't the the biggest reason. The biggest reason was not health problems. Many missionaries do run into health concerns either themselves or their wives or their children and it forces them off the mission field. That's true, but that is not the single greatest reason why 43% of the missionaries have to leave the mission field. The biggest, greatest reason was a lack of funding, a lack of finances. The single reason most missionaries do not last on the mission field is because they are not able to sustain their support. Now, all this is very good head knowledge, but the real question, what does God think of missions? That's the bottom line for us. One day, one day soon maybe, we're going to stand before God. What does God think of missions? That should be the question that we want answered. Does God see missions as a useless exercise? Does he see missionary endeavors and missionary support as all time, talents, and treasures wasted into an abysmal pit of usefulness, uselessness? Well, today we want to look at this subject of missionary madness. We want to try and figure out if we're crazy or not. Let's begin with prayer. Loving Father, we humbly ask that you would enlighten us today through the scriptures and teach us. Lord, we thank you for everything we've experienced in the service so far. And pray your rich blessing now on the moments we spend with your book. Help us to learn from the book today. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I got thinking about this and I thought, boy, who doesn't want to hear a thrilling story? We love thrilling stories, don't we? Who who is it that doesn't want to hear a thrilling story of missionaries in far-off lands and spectacular places and exciting tales of people maybe steeped in darkness, heading to hell, who've come to the light of Jesus Christ? In 2023, just last year, our missionaries reported a total of over 1,300 people receiving Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Those are our missionaries that have helped lead these people to Jesus. And yet, sadly, these days, anyhow, many churches have dropped the gospel emphasis in missions. There's no longer an emphasis on the gospel. And instead, they've gone only for the stories of humanitarian aid. 
They've gone for the beauty and for the thrills. Many churches today have changed what it means to be a missionary. They've changed missions from the gospel and getting churches started. They've changed it from that over to erecting buildings, painting classrooms, planting crops, doing sightseeing, playing basketball with the locals, and maybe handing out a few invitations to church. And that is the more the modern concept of missions today. And so, all this begs the question, what in the world is a missionary? What is a missionary? How do we get a good definition of a missionary? Where do we go? We must go to the Word of God. We must go to the Bible. Our definition must come from God's Word because God is the one who invented missions. God is the one who invented missionaries. And so what does God actually say in the Bible? What is a missionary and what is a missionary to do? Now your Bible is open in the book of Acts. Please turn to the left to chapter number 13. Acts chapter 13. We'll look at all this very quickly together. Acts chapter 13. I want you to follow as I read verses 2 and 3. It happened in the church of Antioch, it says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So here we see that missionaries are chosen by God and sent forth by the authority of the local church. A missionary who does not have the authority of a local church behind them is not a proper New Testament missionary. This is the pattern that we see right here. Now, let's go down to verse 12. Let's look at verse 12 together. The deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. And so the missionaries taught the deputy the gospel. Look at verse 16. Then Paul stood up and beckoned with his hand and said, uh, men of Israel and ye that fear God, give audience. And also look at verse number 43. And when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So the second thing we see about missionaries is that they preach and they help people to be saved. What about... Uh, Helping to plant corn. What about helping to put up buildings? Well, those are all fine and good, but that's not really what a missionary is called to do. A missionary's prime calling is to preach the gospel and get people saved. That's what we see here. Turn to chapter number 16. In chapter number 16, we have the apostle Paul preaching to a lady named Lydia. She's in verse 14 there. She was a businesswoman. and. Um, as he was preaching, her heart, the Lord opened her heart, and she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul, so she believed the gospel. Verse 15, And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me faithful of the Lord, come into my house and abide here. And she constrained us. And so here we see in verse 15 that the missionaries baptize. Now that's a subject in itself. It's not done with a sprinkle of water or a drip of water or a pouring of water. The word baptize means to immerse completely. You look in the New Testament, how were they baptized? Usually in a lake. 
someplace where there was a lot of water. Doesn't mean you have to go to a lake. Doesn't mean you have to get in an airplane and go over to the River Jordan. But you do need to be baptized uh, in the name of the Lord. And so missionaries are chosen by God. They're sent by the local church. They preach the gospel. When people get saved, they baptize them. And then what do they do? In chapter 16, and look at verse 40. It says, and they went out of the prison. This is Paul and Barnabas. They had been arrested on false charges, so they let them go. They went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. Notice that. The house of Lydia. She was one of the first that got saved. And so she opened her house to them. So they went into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren. What are the brethren doing there? Because that's where they were congregating. In the house of Lydia. They comforted them and departed. Now, if you would uh, look to the right. To the book of Philippians. Because all this happened at the city called Philippi. And if you go to the right. To the book of Philippians. That was written to the church at Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 15. Philippians 4.15, Paul wrote, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church. See that? He mentions the church. The idea is no other church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. And so we realize Paul organized them into a church. Missionaries are called of God. They're sent by the local church. Their job is to preach the gospel, get people saved, to baptize them, and to form them into a church. That's the job of missionaries. We have 111 missionaries that do that. That's what they're involved with. If they're not involved with that, we won't support them. If they don't have a sending church, a good sending church, we won't support them. If they don't have good solid doctrine, we won't support them. We have a number of hoops a missionary has to jump through in order for us to say, hey, we can join hands. You know, can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's what the Bible says. Well, here we're screening the missionaries looking for the ones that we can agree with. If they believe in rock and roll music, well, that's not us. We're not going to support them. If they believe in, you know, the speaking in tongues and some of that sort of thing, that's not what we believe in. So we're not going to support them. You know, well, you're saying they're not saved? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we can't support them. That's all I'm saying. And so we get a glimpse of missionaries here, called of God, sent by their local church. Their job is to preach the gospel, get people saved, organize them into churches. That's what we have here. We, we see that very clearly in Scripture. Down through the years, there have been many incredible examples of missionaries the world over. And the world, by the way, would call and label these people crazy. Now, I got a couple of pictures and I want to put them up right now. I'm going to go through this with you very carefully. Number one, Adoniram Judson. He lived from 1788 to 1850. At the age of 25, Adoniram Judson Judson went to Burma and changed that nation for the cause of Jesus Christ. The world calls him crazy, crazy missionary. We call him a hero. 
Number two, Dr. David Livingston lived from 1813 to 1873. He went to Africa as a doctor, a missionary, and an explorer, and he, he was a champion of the anti-slavery movement, Met, led many to Christ, started many churches. Number three, Mary Slezer lived from 1848 to 1915. She went to the west coast of Africa in 1876 and spread the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ to untold thousands. J. Hudson Taylor lived from uh, 1832 to 1905. For 51 years, Hudson Taylor poured his life into bringing Christ behind the closed doors of China. Number five, Amy Carmichael lived from 1867 to 1951. Though she suffered from neuralgia, she spent 55 years of her life in India. Her life was dedicated to spreading the gospel and ending child prostitution and giving a home and a future to India's many orphans. Number six, Eric Liddell lived from 1902 to 1945. By the way, he was murdered. Eric was a successful athlete, but fame and honor did not keep him from what he knew his life calling was, and that was to preach the gospel in China. Number seven, Russell and Darlene Diebler. Russell lived from 1905 to 1943, and he was murdered. His wife lived from 1917 to 2004. Together they gave their lives to bring the gospel to the people of the West Highland province of Papua New Guinea. Folks, these are just a few. This is not even, it's not even the tip of the iceberg of missionary heroes who have served the Lord in distant lands. One day, I promise you, some of the names, maybe all of the names of the missionaries that we support will also be added to the historical books of amazing missionaries who went to places like Mexico and Honduras and the Philippines and England and Holland and Japan and China and Canada and America and a multitude of other countries preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing uh, the wonderful news that their life can be changed and starting churches. Now, some people today question whether there is a need in the world at all for missionaries. Why do, we, why do we need them? Well, the answer is we do need them. I'll, t- I'll give you three reasons. Number one, because of the command of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He told us clearly in Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the first reason. The second reason is there are many people who have never heard the gospel. They've never even heard the name of Jesus and salvation. Some of those people are living in Canada and have never heard the name of Jesus. An evangelical Christian group called thetravelingteam.org published the following global statistics. World population, 8 billion. Total people groups in the world today, 17,432. Total unreached people groups in the world today, 7,402. What does that mean? It means 3.28 billion people in the world. That's 41.5% of the world's population have yet to hear the gospel. So that's the second reason. So many have not heard. The third reason is too many missionaries are being forced to leave the field and they must be replaced. We cannot minimize missions 
and please Jesus Christ at the same time. But the world will call us crazy. So what if the world calls us crazy? They've called us a whole lot worse than that. I say, let them call us crazy. Why? Why? Because what the world calls madness, God calls wisdom. It's written right up on the wall there. He that winneth souls is wise. That's what God calls wisdom. Gospel preaching missionaries are some of the wisest men and women in the earth today. Missionary madness, you say. Missionary madness. You support so many missionaries. Yeah, I guess we do have missionary madness. I'll tell you what. The bottom line to all this, listen carefully. It's impossible to support too many missionaries. In the eyes of God, it's not possible to support too many missionaries. In the eyes of God, it's impossible to read your Bible too much. In the eyes of God, it's impossible to live for Jesus too much. It's impossible to pray too much. It's impossible to share the gospel too much. It's impossible to support too many missionaries. It can't be done. We're just scratching the surface. Oh, listen, if this is missionary madness, may we go all the way and be mad forever and a day. May we support not just a 110 missionaries, may we support a 1,010 missionaries. What a fine madness this is. I say God bless everyone who has missionary madness. Now for those of you that are here today that have adopted a missionary, I want to give you four important steps that will help encourage you in your missionary madness. I want to give you four important ideas. You can write these down if you like. Four important ideas that will encourage more missionary madness. By the way, if you have not yet adopted a missionary, we still have a few. You can do that today. Number one, educate yourself about your missionary. Education is very important. You've got a booklet, use it. In the back wall, there's a whole slew of books from A to Z. Find the missionary that you've adopted by the last name, be it one, two, three, or four missionaries. Find them in there. Open up the books. It's going to take you a few minutes. Nothing wrong with that. It's time well invested. Start filling in. Look them up by their name. Start to read all about where they minister. Write that in. Fill in the blanks. Get to know the names of their children. Educate yourself. Point number two, support your missionary. Support your missionary. Remember that the number one reason why missionaries leave the field is a lack of finance. If you've already filled out a faith promise card, that's one of these here, then that little portion of your card is up on the back wall. If you've already filled one in and handed it in, we put every single one. Mine's up there too. Mine's up there. No one puts their name on it. Because it's between you and God. But it's a promise. It's faith promise. You put it in, whether it's weekly you're going to give, or bi-weekly every two weeks, or monthly, or one gift for the whole year, whatever. You say, what if I don't know what to give? Start small. Start small. Don't sell the farm and put it all in. Start small. That's what you do. Next year, God may lead you and increase your faith to be able to do a little more. My wife and I have been giving for decades. And this year, 
We're giving more than we've ever given in our lives. We couldn't have done that 20 years ago or 10 years ago. You start small and then you let the Lord build it and bless you and build it and bless you and build it and bless you. But if you've not done that, get involved. If you have done that, remember that's the Lord's promise. That's the Lord's money. If you filled out one of these cards, please keep your promise to God. Bring in that missionary money into the church. Number three is pray for your missionary. Pray for your missionary. Prayer is far more important than what you give it credit for. God hears your prayers and he knows how to invest your prayers all around the world in different places. If we are having missionaries failing on the field, it's because we're failing to uphold them in prayer here. Pray for your missionary. Pray for their needs. You say, what kind of needs do they have? Well, let me help you. Pray for their health. A lot of them face challenges. There are some places where the water is nasty. You drink that and you're off to the hospital. That's if there is a hospital local. Pray for their health. Pray for their protection from maybe angry local people. Pray for their finances. I mean, we're supporting them, but maybe they need more support. Maybe some churches have dropped their support. Pray for their finances. Maybe they need language training and they're still struggling trying to how to communicate. Pray for their children. Their children could be a target of persecution. Pray for their children. Encourage them. Pray that they have a fruitful ministry that they can lead souls to Jesus Christ. And number four, encourage your missionary. Encourage them. Carefully copy down their email address. Every missionary has an email address now. Send them a letter. Now it's important that in the, the subject line you put Grace Baptist Church because they, they get a lot of spam, they get a lot of junk mail and whatever, but when they see Grace Baptist Church, they know it's us. So put that in there. Make, make mention of yourself. Introduce yourself to them. Tell them that you've chosen them. You've adopted them for the next 12 months to pray for them. You're going to pray for their needs every day. And you ask them to include you in their email list that they send out. They'll send out an email sometimes once a month, once every two months, once every three months. Has to be included. Now if you will do these four simple things, you will develop missionary madness. You will, listen, the Apostle Paul was a mad missionary. I'm just using that tongue-in-cheek expression. You'll be the same way. You will please your heavenly father. Listen, the bottom line is this. Listen very carefully. We need missionaries. In order to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus literally told us to go into all of the world. How is Grace Baptist Church going to do that? That's why we need missionaries. We can partner with them. They can go on our behalf to places we can't get to. We need missionaries. But guess what? Missionaries need us too. There's uh, two sides to the coin, two sides to the street. Let me tell you an interesting story I read recently. It was about a mother who sat down with her son and asked him an important question. She said, son, what do you think is the most important part of the body? What do you think is the most important part of your body? And right away, he said, oh, my ears, mommy, my ears. And she said, well, 
You need your ears, but that's not the most important part of your body. Not the most important part. He said, no, she said, it's not. Tell you what, you think about it for a few days and next week I'll ask you again. And so next week she sat him down and said, well, son, what do you think is the most important part of your body? He said, my eyes, mommy, my eyes. And she smiled. She says, well, you need your eyes, but that's not the most important part of your body. Oh, he had this look on his face. She said, keep thinking about it. And I'll ask you again next week. And so next week came and he would say, my legs. And uh, she'd shake her head. My heart, he said. She says, no. He said, my hands. Each time she'd smile and say, no, those are all important and you have to have them, but that's not the most important part of your body. And then he says, well, I give up. He said, what's the most important part of my body? She said, listen carefully. My son, the most important part of your body is the shoulder. And he said, the shoulder, my shoulder. Is that because it holds up my head? She says, no. That's because it can hold someone else's head. She said, son, everyone in life at some point needs a shoulder to cry on. Even I do. You do. Your shoulder is the most important part. And listen, son, she said, every once in a while, everyone needs an extra shoulder to get underneath a burden and help lift it. We all have burdens. I do. You will. What we need is a a shoulder that can help lift the burden. Your shoulder is the most important part of your body. And it was right then and there that the boy understood the most important part of his body is not a selfish kind of part, but a giving, a helping kind of part. It's a part of the body that helps other people. Now, missionaries are God's heroes who are leaving the comforts of home and family and jobs and all kinds of things to travel to distant lands to speak to people. And sometimes they risk life and limb in the process. They try to help people come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. They try to help these people form into a church. And missionaries help us. When Jesus told us in Mark 16, 15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel, Lord, how are we going to do it? We need help. The missionary comes along and lends a shoulder. The missionary is able to get underneath that burden and help shoulder that burden for us. And now we can go to all these different countries all over the world because there's a missionary that's helping to shoulder that burden for us. But at the same time, missionaries also need a shoulder, don't they? And that's where we come in. And we can lend them a shoulder and help lift their financial burden and help lift their prayer burden. You see, we need each other. We must have each other. I say hooray for everyone who comes down with a good case of missionary madness. I say we're pleasing the Lord. Pray with me. Our loving Heavenly Father. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.